leading us so well. And we're going to dive into some scripture uh, this morning out of the book of Joshua. This is actually uh, a start about me. This is actually my favorite uh, few verses in the entire uh, Bible. Maybe not the first part. The first part's good, but uh, the second part that we're going to read is my favorite part of the Bible. So we're going we're gonna to jump straight in. We'll start reading. It says this. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. From the Negev River wilderness into the South Lebanon mountains into the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea. Geez, the Old Testament can be hard to read, can't it? In the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Love how that finishes there. Just a bit of context. Moses, obviously, it's like such a nice way to start the scripture, isn't it? Moses, my servant, is dead. I hope Joshua already knew that. It's a pretty rough way to have it delivered, um, if not. But the reality is Moses, who led the people out of Egypt, led them uh, you know, through the wilderness and around and around and, and through all these seasons. Obviously, Moses is the leader who's famous for getting uh, the Israelite people out of slavery. If you've seen The, the Prince of Egypt, uh, that will condense uh, a lot of reading down into one short movie-length uh, description. But he leads them out, and they've come to a place where they're about to go into a new season. Moses has passed away. And God appears to Joshua and he's passing the baton. You've assisted Moses, you, you've been with him, you, you've, you've been in it for the long haul, but now it's your time to come and lead my people. And you're not just going to lead them kind of around the desert as you have been. You're going to take them into the land that I've promised you. Everywhere you put your foot, God says to him, is land that I, I have given you. And so he sets him up. He says, don't worry, you're not going to fail. Nothing, you know, I'm going to be with you. I, I won't abandon you. I won't leave you, but it's your time to lead. And Joshua, in this moment, is, is walking into a new season. And, and I just had the sense, uh, as I was kind of preparing, uh, you know, a, a message and, and praying over Scripture, that for us as a church, a lot of us, who was at Imagine Conference over the last little while? Yeah, there's some woos out there. That's good. Um, great time uh, to be able to, to set aside time to, to seek after God, to um, pause daily life, come together with a, with a group of people and imagine what God uh, has for us. And, and I just get the sense for a lot of us that uh, God is about to do a new thing. That there is a new season ahead. Uh, I believe there's a new season for us ahead as a church. Pastor Dean's been talking about that and, and leading us there. But I believe individually for a lot of us coming out of that weekend or just in general, I feel like there's something different ahead. That there's a, a new season ahead, a, a, a new calling. Maybe it's your, in your life. It might be your job or, or what like God is speaking to you or, or where you're going. But I, I believe for many of us, there's the opportunity for a new season. And God is always looking to, to do something new. He's always looking to, to do more. He doesn't want us to, to stay stagnant. And that picture of walking around the, the wilderness for 40, 40 years and just kind of going around in circles is not what God has planned for our lives. And just in this space where God kind of goes, it's enough of kind of wandering. We're done here. We're done wandering around the desert. It's time for some new ground. I believe for, for us as God's people, it's time for some new ground. It's time for a new season. It's time to, to move into something fresh, something new. You know, often a, a new season can come when you're not even ready for it. Like, you know, you, you're just preparing there in the background. And so you might not feel this is for you. You might not feel, hey, I don't think there's anything new for me right now. I'm like, 
Maybe you've just started something, I don't know. But what I do know is Moses was leading and Joshua was just there. You know what Joshua was doing? He was assisting Moses. He was preparing himself. He was learning from Moses. He was, he was there on the battlegrounds going through it with him. And in this moment, God appears to him and says, it's your time. It's your time for something new. And I just get a sense that for us, it's our time for something new. And this is the, this is the bit I'm getting to. This is my, my favorite bit. These are my favorite verses. In verse six, it says this. It says, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And he rounds it out in verse 9. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, I feel like what God has put before Joshua here is a little bit of a recipe for success. It's kind of, if you want to be successful, there's some things here I want you to do. Kind of repeats the strong and courageous bit a fair bit. But I look at what it means to be successful. What does it look like? All of us kind of want to be successful. We want to have successful lives. We want to live the best life we can. We want to do the very best we can. No one uh, often wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what, I just want to be lousy at my life today. We all, we all have ambitions and whether we like to admit it or not, we all want to live that best life that we possibly can. And we can define success, you know, success in this culture uh, when this was written would be very different to what success looks like today. But I believe that there's a godly kind of success that if we follow some of these things will bring us success in our life. Maybe not by a worldly standard, maybe not by just getting what's right for you, maybe it's not just getting the best job, the best house, being, being the richest person. But I believe if we make some of these things our priorities in life, as God wants to do something new, as He speaks to us, as He leads us, as He guides us, as we follow this, it sets us up for success. The first one He says a few times is this, it's strength and courage. You know, I believe to do anything good for the kingdom of God, it requires strength and it requires courage. What Joshua was about to walk into wasn't about to be easy. It wasn't a, a hey, just walk in and take, what, take this land, it's yours. Like that's what it was promised to him, but it was going to require some work. It's going to require some difficulty. It was going to require some tough decisions to make and nothing good in life will happen without strength or courage I believe if we're doing things for uh, the kingdom or we're living our lives and you don't remember the last time you had to display some strength or courage to get through that I would suggest you're probably taking life a little bit too easy Uh, strength and courage is what he's called to have he's called to have it three times when God says something multiple times your ears kind of prick up to that that what is ahead of you in a new season, what's going to be ahead of you in your life, what will set you up for success is to have strength and courage. What will cause people to take notice of who you are and the person you're becoming is, are you marked by strength and courage? Billy Graham, who um, is well-renowned for taking the gospel to parts of the world that it had never been, said this about courage. He says this, he says, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. That reality that when we display courage in our life, not only does it teach us something about trusting God and following Him and sticking to it, maybe taking a risk, being courageous in our lives, other people will take notice of that. 
In fact, other people then begin to go, what is it about them that are willing just to, to stick to the cost, to display strength, to do things that require courage? What is it about them? And it's not about a worldly strength and courage that's temporary, but it's actually about being marked by strength and courage. To go, you know what? I will trust God no matter what. I will follow him and I will do what he is calling me to do no matter what. The next one uh, is this. It's to meditate on God's word. You know, this has been a big one for me this week, thinking about how much do I read the word of God versus how much do I meditate on the word of God. And meditate can have a, a funny kind of meaning today, like just to go kind of clear your mind and be mindful and chill out. And I'm all about that. Clearing the mind is good. Focusing on something that's not the chimp that's running around in my head, um, you know, all the time, making noise and, and quietening my mind and my soul is, is, is important. But meditating on the Word of God is not quietening the Word of God. It's not just creating a space for nice thoughts. Or if you're introverted, not to talk to anyone for five minutes. What it is, is to actually focus on the Word of God. To actually clear space in your life, to be able to read it and recite it and memorize it. And understand what it means in your life. To be able to begin to see those words playing out. When it says be strong and courageous. To be able to meditate on what does it mean to be strong and courageous. What does that look like in my life, God? To be strong and courageous. Where are some areas where I need to show some strength and courage? To be able to memorize that scripture and carry it around with you. In your daily life. So often I feel challenged because I get up and I'll read the Bible and I'll read it. And it's almost like... Done. The streak continues for those who use you version. I'm devastated. Can I have an honest moment? I didn't do my verse of the day first thing in the morning and I opened my Bible at midnight and it was 12.01. Streak reset. I was trying to catch JP. Those of you who know JP has a great streak and it's gone. So I've had to start again. feel like I'm glad I got that off my chest. Please forgive me. But uh, the reality is this, that often we can just read it because it's the thing to do. We can read it because we, we, we know that if we read our Bible, it's a step in the right direction. But how often do we meditate on the Word of God? I was amazed at uh, Imagine Conference when I was in here. And I don't know, for those who were here for the session with Paul Morrison, did anyone, did anyone hear that? Paul Morrison, chaplain of the, the Eagles, incredibly just, he is who he is. Like, gets up, how's it going? That's how, he, you know, he's just a very laid back kind of guy. And he just is who he is. But what struck me about him and what has struck me in the past about him is, how much of the Bible that guy can just recite? Like, I'm like, where's his, he's just reciting scripture after scripture. I'm like, where's that bloke's notes? He had no notes. There was like a table there, nothing on it. And when he says, I read the Bible an hour a day, I don't imagine that he just gets his Bible out and kind of just reads through it an hour a day. Yep, cool. That's, he's meditating on the word of God. He's focusing on what do these words say? And then how do I apply them to my life? And I love meeting people like that when they can just, not roll out scripture for the sake of being smart and going, look how much I know. It's because it's in them. I had a, a friend who used to just listen to the book of Proverbs in his car on a cassette tape. Like when we were younger, over and over again, I'm like, man, can we put some music on? What's with this? I'm like, we're just listening to Proverbs. And it wasn't like today where some of those like voiceover ones are actually good. It was like the, the, like the really average like Proverbs voiceover. I'm like, why are you doing this? He's like, because it's a book of wisdom and I want to be wise. I'm like, cool, now I just feel bad for dissing it if I wanted to listen to music. But then I look at what the fruit of that person's life is. They're a mentor of mine. They're incredibly wise. And they can recite almost all of Proverbs. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. There's a proverb for everything. Like, how hey, I'm going through this. He's like, Proverbs 17 will tell you. I'm like, okay. 
that's good, let me write that down. And then I write it down. I'm like, but there is something about when we focus on God's word, meditate on it, apply it to who we are, that it begins to change who we are. It'll begin to come out of us, we won't be able to help it. And I don't know about you, but I felt very challenged this week about how much I actually meditate on the word of God. I want to get more of that inside of me. I want less head knowledge. I want less uh, ticks in my streak box. And I want more of the word of God being in and through my life. God says to him, meditate on this. And the next thing he, he tells Joshua is to obey the word. Don't go to the left or the right. Don't stray from it, but just follow the plan. Meditate on it. Learn it. Know it. Understand what it all means. Again, very different kind of Bible to what we, we have now. Obviously, it was very early Bible days, but the principle is there. How much do we let the Bible guide us? When I hear obey, it's like kind of what I say to my son, like just obey me. I just want him to do as he's told. It's not quite the right, the right thing. You know, there's the whole saying like do as I say, not as I do. Like terrible parenting. But sometimes that's how we kind of apply the Bible. Like I understand what it says, but do I actually do it? when we begin to meditate on it and understand it and realize what it means to us, it begins to strengthen us, begins to increase our faith, but then do we follow it? Do we put it into action? Again, what I loved about Morrow so much is that it was in him and it came out of him, but then when you look at his life, that's exactly what he, just who he is and what he does. And he actually takes it and applies it to his work and his life. That's why my friend has a proverb for everything because he applies it to his life. We've got to obey the Bible. It's not just do what it says, but it's actually the, the thing into here is to be guided by it, that we would be guided by the Word of God. That when it comes to going left or, or right or, or being tempted or straight, or like, do I t what is the Word of God saying in your life? How is it guiding you and leading you? If we don't meditate on it and we don't know it, we're never going to be able to follow it. It's just going to be a book of verses that are hard to understand. It's not like a roadmap. It's not a really easy thing to kind of follow, but it is when you begin to meditate on it and go, what do these scriptures mean? How do I put it into practice? And then do I allow it to guide me? We need to be a people who are guided by the word of God. We want success in our lives. We need to be guided by the things of God. The next one is, is this, instead of it being a do, it's a do not. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged. You know what I, I truly think one of the, the biggest killers of faith is and, and following God and what the biggest killer of success and strength and courage and all these things is? It's discouragement. Discouragement. That we can feel like a new season is upon us and that, that God's doing things and, uh, you know, He's working in our lives and then a, a little bit of fear comes along, the opposite of strength and courage, and it can cause us to shrink back. And fear's not great, but our discouragement is... I believe one of those things that just eats away, like it eats away at you. And it takes all these great things that, that God wants to do in our lives and in our faith and things that we're meditating on and trying to be guided by and just causes us to shrink back. I remember uh, a new season for me uh, uh, many years ago was to kind of start doing um, school chaplaincy. And, and I was working in a primary school and, and that was okay, but I, I really felt God was saying, you know, I want you to work in a high school, I want you to work with teenagers. And the job came up, which was pretty much in my favorite school. It was like five minutes from, uh, you know, our Mullaloo campus where we were at the time. And I really wanted that job. And then I, look, I began to look at the applications, the people putting in their 
their job applications are unstuffed. There's no way I could get this. Like, you look at these guys, like some of them, you know, I, I only wanted it part-time as a full-time, but people are encouraging me to take it. So I just thought, I'll apply for it. Like, what could go wrong? So apply for it. Like, you got an interview. I'm like, it's gone from 14 to 4 or something like that. And I like, looked at some of the people. That, I'm like, okay, there's something. Maybe God's in this. And went through the process, got the job, and was, and was really excited and stoked. And I remember walking in on my first day. And I hadn't got from my car to the front building before someone's like, oh, you're, you're new, what do you teach? I was like, oh, I'm actually the, the, the chaplain. Um, they're like, oh, no, so-and-so's the chaplain. I was like, oh, no, he's, he's finished up, and, and now I'm the chaplain. And they're like, oh, geez, big shoes to fill. <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry, what? Um, didn't introduce herself, just you got big shoes to fill. You know, we started with Tim, he was our first chaplain, the first one, he was fantastic, the kids loved him. Then we had uh, this guy, Matt, and, you know, he's a bit older than you. And, and, you know, like, the kids loved him. The staff loved him. I'm like, you loved him so much you didn't even know he was gone, but okay. <laughs> and she's like, geez, I, I, I hope you're up to it. And I was like, so do I. And so I went from this, like, spring in my step, first day, new job, really excited. It's like, oh, flip, this is, like, serious. And then we go to, the, like, the first staff meetings and staff room. They're like, oh, we're going to introduce you to the thing. I'm like, yeah, okay. And the lady literally does this. She goes... Oh, and can we just get our new chaplain to stand up? I want to introduce him. His name's Matt. Matt was the previous chaplain. <laughs> My name's Ryan. Doesn't correct herself. Just gives me the like, sit down now. I'm like, great. So I'm like, oh man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel good about this at all. <laughs> and I kid you not, I meet the principal who did not interview me for the job. He goes, gee whiz, I thought you'd be older. He's like, how old are you? I'm, 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 older, I'm older than I look. So, hence, starting to grow a beard. He's like, no, nah, the other guy was like 30 plus. You're like early 20s. I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, okay. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, what a, what a great star. I'm like, I could not have been any more flat. And then for the first kind of 12 months of being in that job, that's how I began to see myself. Like, oh, I'm not old enough for this. I got big shoes to fill. Clearly doing things differently to how the previous guys did it because people would let me know that all the time. Like, could you come do this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I want to do this. And it began to kind of affect my position to the point where I got to a point where I thought, I'm just going to quit this. 12 months in, I'm done. And in fact, one of the, the previous guys who uh, was like, men, you had to have a mentor in the early days, kind of like someone mentor you through your first year. I'm like, I'm just going to quit. I remember being on his balcony. I'm like, I'm just sick of this. Like, it's just too hard. Like, they can get someone older. You know, all these things. And he's like, I'm just going to stop you right there. He's like, you're not quitting. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> like, he's like, do you believe that God called you this, yes or no? And I was like, well, I do. And he's like, you got the job, and it didn't seem like you would, it was a possible. And I was like, yeah. He said, you need to kind of, I don't know what he said. He's like, you need to, like, man up a little bit was kind of the phrase. Like, just have a bit of strength and courage is probably what he should have said. And he's like, and just stick at it and trust that God has called you and see what happens. And so I kind of went back in. I actually called a meeting with like all my supervisors at the school and just kind of like gave it to them. I feel like you guys are giving me a hard time. We need a reset. And they're all like, whoa. I'm like, they're like, who's this kid? I'm like, yeah, come on. Like, and just began to talk to them. Like, what do, we, what do we want out of this? This is what I, and it actually changed the entire thing. First 12 months of just living out of, I'm not good enough for this. Now, all of those things were really small, like that lady that met me in the car park, I'm sure that's not what she meant, but it was how I took it. The wrong name thing, just unlucky. And the next thing, and 
But you know what I let them do? Discourage me just a little bit. Just chip away a little bit. Just chip away a little bit. Chip away a little bit. To the point where I was like, I, don't even, I just don't even want to go to work anymore. I don't want to go to school. This, my, this is the job I, I, I wanted more than anything else. And you know what? I just don't even want to do it anymore. Because I just feel discouraged. Wasn't scared of anything. Wasn't afraid of anything. Like there was nothing, no fear in it for me. It was discouragement. And what I was able to process with my friend that day was, wasn't scared of what people were thinking of me necessarily, but it was just discouraging. Because every time I tried to do something, I was met with some resistance. And rather than working through it, I just let it shrink me right back. And shrink me right back. To the point where I was ready to walk away. And the reminder here for us is not to be discouraged. You might have a dream that, that God's put in your heart and you know it's there. But you've had, met discouragement along the way. And so you've kind of put it to one side and forgotten about it. Maybe you've come out of you know, this imagined time and you're like, I, I just feel really excited about what God's doing in and through my life and I want to explore that more. You're probably at some point going to meet a little bit of discouragement. And why I believe he says, be strong and courageous three times is because he knew what Joshua was going to be up against and that it wasn't going to be easy. It was actually going to be a challenge and that things were going to come against them. And the constant reminder was, don't be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. And if we want to be successful, we've got to put discouragement and fear to one side and be strong and courageous to go after those things that we're believing for, to go after those things that God has placed in our mind and in our hearts and to pursue it. To do those things, read the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, let it guide us so that we can be successful in everything that we do. You know, I imagine there would be a, a, a possibility, I might ask the team to come back up and join us, that Joshua might have been discouraged by the fact that his predecessor was Moses. Like the man, you know, the guy parts the Jordan, you know, through we go. We're out of here. All these years of slavery, we're out of here. He gets them right to the edge. I feel like someone could have said that to him. You've got big shoes to fill, big sandals to fill probably back then. But the reality is, discouragement, fear, all those things are going to come into play. And God reminds him of this to finish. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know what the great thing is? The Lord doesn't promise that it's going to be easy. That, hey, if you just do all these things, it's going to be easy. He says, it doesn't say life will be easy for you wherever you go. What he says is you'll be successful at all that you do. Success doesn't come easy. Success comes through strength and courage and following after the Lord and putting fear and discouragement to the side and walking in what he has. And the reason why we can do that is because he is with us wherever we go. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life you've got those people that you just walk a little bit taller with when they're next to you. I had a, a friend growing up as a young adult and he was like Mr. Junior Universe or something. Like he just like, like worked out real hard all the time and he was massive. And no matter where we went, like we just never felt like there was any, ever risk, any risk to us. Like if anyone ever gave us a hard time, we're just like, and he'd just step out. How you doing? People were just like, yep. Good, thanks. You know, <laughs> like they'd leave us alone. We just like never met any trouble. But then times where like he wasn't around and we were going out and doing things or whatever, you'd be like always a bit more edgy without him. 
But when he was there, I feel like I could say, do anything, you know, go anywhere. Wouldn't like go down those the dark alley somewhere. It just wouldn't matter because he's massive, like Mr. Junior Universe. Like I actually strong he was, but he had big muscles. And he's like 6'6", and he's like a, just a big guy. And so you always just felt safe. You know, the reality in our lives is that, that Jesus is actually with us wherever we go. But I wonder how we would live in times of discouragement and fear and risk and hard times if we actually recognize that and went, oh, no, he's actually with me. Often we, we celebrate the, the good things or, or cry out to God as if he's not here. Like, oh, don't you see what? So I'm, not, I'm, I'm here with you wherever you go. And we should walk a little bit taller for that. And we should be a little bit more courageous in our lives because of that. It should be a little bit easier to kind of let that word of God instruct us if we realize that he is with us. There's certain things I don't do or say around my mom. I know she doesn't like them. Or I know that she, she wouldn't approve. Or I, I know I do things differently, but my mom's not always with me. And so I often don't have to think about how she'll respond to the things that I say or do or act unless someone tells her, so don't. But, you know, the, the, the reality is we, we, we live differently based on who is with us. We talk differently based on who we're around sometimes. We act differently based on who we're around. You know, certain people I know that when I spend my time with them, I walk a lot taller in my faith. And I feel like I could do anything. The reality is the God that calls us promises to be with us wherever we go. That's not a call to Joshua. That's a, that's a call to God's people. That when you're in your workplace, he's with you. When you're going through the hardest times, he's there, he's with you. He doesn't abandon you, he doesn't leave you. He's not gonna swoop in with a helicopter and, and bail you out. He's just gonna walk through it with you. He just calls us to have the strength and the courage to stay on the journey and apply these things so that we could have that success. You know, we've been singing that, that great song, Waymaker, this morning. My, uh, my two-year-old daughter, three-year-old, three-year-old daughter, she turned three, she's three, calls that song, Never Stop Working. It took me forever to figure out what she was talking about. She's like, can you put on Never Stop Working? I'm like, what is that? I'm like, he's a working class man. She's like, I don't know what that song is. I'm like, I don't know what song you're talking about. She's the song that, 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 that talks about God and working. And I'm like, oh, like, eventually like I got there. I'm like, you're talking about Waymaker? And she's like, no, never stop working. And I'm like, I put on Waymaker. And she goes, we're listening to it. She goes, Dad, did you know that God is like always working? And she like laughed. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, like you go to work, but like you come home and my mommy goes to work sometimes. She, like she comes home, but like God never stops working. He always works. And she's like laughing. Like, how does he do that? And I sat there and I was like, oh, like she gets it. She's like three. And I'm really stoked about this song because we've moved on from the blessing. She hasn't sing the blessing. We like, had like a three-year like run with the blessing, like a toughest thing to come out of the pandemic. Uh, but now we're on to Never Stop Working. And that's what I call that song. I'm like, oh, let's listen to in the car. We're like, let's listen to Never Stop Working. I'm like, why do you love this song? She's like, God never stop. He's always working. Even when I'm sleeping, she'll say, he's working. I'm like at three years old, it's so simple, isn't it? He just, God is always working. He's always up to something. He's always wanting to do something. He's always with us. But I think it's us that are quite often not with it. And we don't realize that. And so we let discouragement rob from us. We let fear rob from us. We don't take those risky, courageous decisions in our lives. We don't always display the courage that we would have if we just recognize that He was with us. Again, not easy. 
strength and courage three times. And I just wonder if we could sing this song this morning to close out this time. And just to recognize that God is working in your life. Maybe you've not thought about that before. He's working in your life. He wants to work in your life. He has you here today because He's working in your life. But maybe you do feel that call that there's a new season. God is working in your life. This moment to recognize it, even though you can't see it. Maybe maybe life is really difficult for you and He just wants to insert some strength and courage into your life because that's the work He's going to do in you today. But to acknowledge these words and, and sing them as a prayer to Him to say, God, I, I want you to be at work in my life. And I don't want to switch off from that. I want the success that I gain from my life to be measured by you, not somebody else. And I wonder if we all embarked on that season together, what what could happen in our church? What could happen in our communities, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families? If God's people followed this plan of success, what would it look like? What would people say about the church? What would your life look like? If you just allowed God to work in and through you and to walk in strength and courage, guided by His Word and His wisdom in your life. I think about that in my life and it makes me pretty excited to think what God could do. Because I know that if I look back over the, the history of my life, He writes a far better script than what I do. Life looks so much better when my trust is in Him than when my trust is in myself. Because my measure of success gets warped by other things. But God is consistent and the same. And so I was going to ask us if we could would stand together. And I'd love to pray before we, we declare these, these words and sing out this song. And The one thing I just wanted to pray for the, this morning and, and leading into this was anyone who, maybe we can close our eyes, just feels discouraged. Maybe you feel discouraged today. It's not a, not a fun feeling. It's not a fun thing to recognize. But maybe me talking about that, that feeling of being discouraged in, in my workplace is you. You feel like things, no big thing. Maybe it's lots of these little things chipping away. Maybe you've come out of imagine and you thought all these things were, were going to change and what you've met is discouragement. I'd love to pray that today God could break that over your life. That you could actually replace that discouragement with strength and courage. That, that, that picture of what Billy Graham was talking about, about spines being stiffened. Maybe you've shrunk back and he wants you to stand up tall and strong today and begin to walk again in strength and courage, renewed by his presence, knowing that he is working in your life and desires to do that all the time. He never wants to stop working in your life. And so if that's you and you recognize that that's you today, you feel discouraged, I'd love you just to raise your hand up recognizing that God is here and He is at work. It's not about me or, or, or my words. It's actually about Him and what He wants to do in your life. Sometimes it, it pokes our pride to actually have to raise our hand and go, yeah, that's me. But to recognize that before God today and say, discouragement is, is, is robbing me from what I have and I want to replace that with strength and courage to walk in what He has for me. And I'd love to pray this prayer over you now. Lord, I thank you for each person that's raised their hand, each person that stands and, and feels like discouragement is robbing them from what you have for them. I pray the reality of you being with them always, always at work, always wanting to do something would be real in their life. And by the power of your spirit today, I pray that discouragement would be broken in this place. 
discouragement be broken over every life, every person who says, yes, that's me today. That they would walk out of here, being able to leave, walking in strength and courage, knowing that you are at work in their life. In fact, you never stop working in their life and that you want to move in them today. And for us as a church, as we, we stand here and we sing these words and we worship you and sing these truths, Lord, may we leave here with the truth of you being right by our side and always at work. May we be a people that meditate on your word, be a people that apply your word and are guided by your word. And that we would walk in the strength and courage it requires to take on what you have for us. So Lord, I pray you would work in our hearts this morning. As we sing these words, may they be a prayer and a declaration of truth about who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Come on, let's sing these words out. Let's, let's worship God.